0: Guys, it kind of feels like, it smells like, I don't know, it seems like this is a revolution. Kia <laughs> Tefano. I'm Bevan Morgan Aho and you are listening to All Elite Aotearoa, the most elite podcast all about All Elite Wrestling in all of Aotearoa New Zealand. It's week three, it's been another massive, massive week in the world of AEW, so let's not waste another second talking about me, let's get straight into looking at the week that was. So I feel like we can just head basically straight into the news this week. As I've been saying since the start of this podcast, I always feel like I'm opening with the same thing, saying what a week for All Elite Wrestling, but what a week it was. And seems like it's going to be another fascinating um, and intense week coming up. The news itself mostly was pretty quiet as far as I'm aware. I mean, the one of the key takeaways was that Bobby Fish is... All Elite now Um, sort of mentioned last week I wasn't sure if he was actually going to be a full-time signee or if he was just sort of an open challenge uh, participant against Sammy Guevara I mentioned that maybe this was the way that they were going to introduce him and he would be there and that seems to have been the case Um, seems like he was probably going to be signed all along the back and forth online has been somewhat divided on this a lot of people bagging this acquisition as I mentioned last week I'm not really familiar with Bobby Fish to be fair um, so I have no real opinion on this either way I I think it's a fine acquisition I was really impressed by his work against Sammy Guevara I've gone back and had a look at some of his stuff and he seems like a really good hand in the ring that a lot of guys could learn from and I think given his age one of the things people perhaps jump to conclusions on really quickly is that they sort of assume everyone has to be the top guy and they so like well what's he going to add and what's he going to be able to do you've got this stacked roster already what's what's the contribution he's going to make and it's like i imagine someone with his experience is going to contribute a lot and i don't think he would be expecting to be at the top of the card i imagine he's probably pretty happy to be having a consistent paycheck and to be sharing his experience with the rest of the card um I wouldn't be surprised if part of his duties sort of were almost a producer sort of element. I don't know. It's, it's such early days, but I think this is a perfectly fine acquisition. I don't think you're going to see Bobby Fish changing the world, but I don't think he needs to. Not everyone needs to. That's You can't have everyone be champion. You can't have everyone at the top, but there's almost you, you can almost never have too much undercard. I feel like I'm going to regret saying that one day, but never mind. Um, yeah so that was that was sort of a, a big takeaway from last week I uh, secondly I suppose it's not really news um, but it's something we haven't touched upon is that Roads to the Top has started Cody's reality show that he does with Brandy um, I hate reality television um, I can't stand it it's just not for me um, again it's I mean <laughs> I suppose wrestling is a sort of almost a form of reality television I appreciate. It's a popular format for lots of other people. No worries on that. We all have our soap operas. We all have our guilty pleasures. um, Or we all have the type of programming we like. Um, So that's all good. But I I decided to check it out um, online. Um, And a surprise, actually. Like, it's it's not great. It's not great. But again, I'm coming into that with a bias against the format itself. But what I did really enjoy, actually, was seeing behind the scenes of AEW there is some really outstanding behind the scenes footage which is really cool and it starts with the lead up to Double or Nothing which is interesting because you've got that transition from the pandemic style to the crowds coming back and it's kind of cool to see the inner workings of how it uh how the operation runs and it seems like um Cody has a lot to do um as an EVP it doesn't seem like it's a particularly Um, tokenistic sort of title that there's actually kind of a lot of work in terms of that talent relations which I thought was quite surprising Um, you see him working quite closely with Ricky Starks after Ricky Starks um, injured his neck in the ring so that was all really interesting there's lots of things like that that I sort of personally don't necessarily think about as someone who's just a fan and never worked for a wrestling promotion if you like reality television I'm sure you'll enjoy it I'm sure you won't have um, any problem with the format it's exactly what you'd expect um, kind of enjoyed actually the coverage of the pregnancy of Brandy just it just sort of hit home because we had our first baby last year my wife and I and sort of empathize with some of the existential crises that um, Cody goes through although he seems to have a lot more um, confidence in the decisions he's making than I sure as hell did but yeah so um, that seems to be going along strong with checking out if you're into that kind of thing, or if you just want some more behind-the-scenes stuff. Now, the big piece of news that we should probably spend some time on, just because it's, I think it's kind of funny, is of course that SmackDown have announced that they are doing an extra half hour that's going to run up against AEW Rampage, and this was really exciting at first. This is this has been so much fun. I think. I think this is one of the things that I. I mean, this is one of the things that competition does. As I said earlier on. I, I like a bit of tribalism. I think tribalism can be fun. I think you can have banter, I think you can have arguments, I think you can take some cheap shots. I, I think that having a team is is cool. It's like why I like the blues in rugby, why unfortunately I still follow the Warriors after all these years, you know, it's um it it, it makes it a bit more engaging. Um and so if you've been living under a rock, you might not know this, but Tony Khan, being Tony Khan, um, on a roll, tweeted out that he was really excited for AEW to beat SmackDown finally. And the background for this, if you're not aware, is that SmackDown is going to be screening on FS1 this week, which is like the, which is a cable network essentially supposed to be on uh, network television. And this sees a, a sharp drop off in their ratings. Excuse me, if you can hear my dog in the background. He's currently got a cone on his head, and I, as I say, I'm—I um, I don't even know if I've mentioned this in the past. I'm recording this from home, as we are in COVID level three lockdowns here in Kitty So, um, yeah, I'm having to—I'm having to make do, and yeah, my, my dog has this cone on his head, and he's—he's he's not too happy about it. So he's trying to, trying to scratch. But never mind. As I was saying, um, they, they moved to FS1. And um, there's, there's a sharp drop-off in the ratings, as you'd expect. And, of course, um, Rampage uh, you know, is live this week. So we would expect to see, hopefully, an increase in the ratings. So there was actually, particularly when we think about the demo, actually a, a real possibility that AEW might have um, edged one out, sort of got a TKO on, um, on, on SmackDown this week. Now, in that time that he's made that tweet because he's booked his show already and they've announced everything you know he because that's how they run they don't do the sort of last minute hot booking like the fed um wwe have kind of hit the panic buttons a bit i mean if you're a wwe stan i'm sure you're going to disagree with that interpretation but i don't particularly care because it's absolutely what they've done in the past and it's absolutely what they're doing now um, so they now have a half-hour overrun that's going to be commercial-free, and they have programmed some really exciting stuff for SmackDown. If you're a if you're a WWE fan, there's obviously going to be Brock Lesnar um, is, is going to be there, which is always a big draw. But I think um, the biggest draw, again, if you're one of those fans, is that there's a Sasha back Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch match. Um, it's it's a it's a big return for Sasha Banks, who is i mean i i'm not particularly familiar with her because i don't watch them but i mean you have to be completely ignorant or being deliberately um out of the loop to not realize that she is over like rover and people are really excited about her coming back and they were pretty let down by what happened at SummerSlam this year so i um i for the life of me if that's what they're putting up against Rampage Um, Rampage has no shot as far as I'm concerned Um, the the, you know the lead-in for Rampage sounds like it's going to be CM Punk and Matt Seidel which is a match I think will be awesome I like both those performers a lot but there's absolutely no build to this match Um, it is a match for a match's sake essentially with CM Punk just being the attraction Um, whereas you have a long-running story on the other network, and you have two of the hottest, youngest stars. Um, it's, it's, yeah, I, I can't for the life of me imagine that if you're a WWE fan, that a CM Punk versus Matt Seidel, or you probably see him as Evan Bourne match, is going to be of any interest to you in comparison to that, which is fine. I mean, ultimately, it's, 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 I've seen people sort of discussing this and they feel a bit crap now because they're like, oh, you know. Tony Khan's going to look foolish. Tony Khan's a billionaire who owns a wrestling promotion. He's, he's fine. He's not going to be too worried. I don't think. And he's even sort of walked back his comments a little bit since some of these, Well, not walked back. That's not the right word, but he's sort of tried. He, he's directed his um, comments to some fans that have expressed this worry online, which is kind of funny. He's just saying, don't worry about it. It's like, it, it is what it is. We're going to have fun. This is what this is all about. Okay. I, I don't have the exact tweet up with me. Sorry. Um, but I'm sure if you're listening to a podcast about all elite wrestling, you're absolutely familiar with this stuff anyway, um, so yeah, I it, 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 I don't think it's going to be as interesting as it was, I one thing I do love though is I, I've been saying that <laughs> if I was in Tony Khan's shoes, I'd be incredibly tempted to do a, a sort of a full Eric Bischoff and do some sort of hot shot thing, um, but i appreciate that he's got trust in his product his roster his show his booking um, and his fans that he's not going to do that he's just going to say look this is what we've got this is you know this is what we're running we, we'd already planned it we think this is good um and we've got time you know there's we don't need to beat um the a show of wwe with our b show when the b show has been running for two months and the other one's been running over two decades um you know it, it, he might eat a bit of crap um and get a lot of uh, a lot of tweets a lot of acts he might want to turn off his mentions for for a little bit but um i'm sure he will handle it um and it's just it's not going to be that big a deal it would have been fantastic if they did pull out a victory um but i think he's better to to keep his patience and um to hold his nerve and just sort of let let things be things. He's already, I suppose, embarrassed WWE. If you're not if you're not a WWE fan, I think WWE look very foolish at the moment because they have now a few times absolutely panicked and hot their booking based around what AEW are doing. Which, if you can be the guy that acts cool in that in the face of that, is is a real moral victory. It, it won't be a, a short term victory this week but I think it, it he'll come out sort of feeling pretty good about himself and overall the fans of AEW sure as hell won't care. Anyway, I, as I say, I'm trying not to sort of laugh as I say a lot of this stuff because I think this is great fun. Um, it will be interesting to see how it goes and um, to see the reaction online. I think um, both sides will probably claim a bit of a victory in this one regardless of what happens. And... Um, that's just good for wrestling man that's good engagement and that's that's fun just enjoy it you know if you like all wrestling awesome if you only like WWE awesome if you only like AEW awesome don't if you're finding yourself really super angry about what's going on this week take a step back because it you don't need to be angry this is this is cool stuff all right anyway enough of the news Let's get into the shows from last week and have a look at what we saw, eh? All right, we'll start with Dynamite, which was in Philadelphia, and Philly is always such a great place for a wrestling show. They their crowds are so passionate, and they've done a really good job, I think, in AEW and picking these spots on the road, like um, you know, like Chicago. I mean, Chicago's their second home practically, isn't it? But you know, Chicago, Philadelphia. Um, we saw Rochester last week. Um, new york city itself obviously um and that crowd element does just add so much especially for when there's big moments and just generally speaking there are a lot of moments in this show this show was packed ludicrously so almost i sometimes i I get a bit nervous because it's um there's too much and, and stuff doesn't necessarily get a chance to breathe but um i think part of this is just that Um, getting used to the getting used to a non-WWE style again which is funnily enough even though it's been two years um, and I haven't watched the fed since 2015 it's still taken me a while to break some of the habits that were formed after following that you know having only one promotion dictate the terms for so long and I'll explain what I mean a bit later on um, with some of these segments because yeah 13 segments uh, is is a lot to to put into two hours. It's pretty remarkable, really. Um, and I suppose that's why the first match, they put the entrances live on social media, which was a really good call. That was that was brilliant. It gives um, a chance for the the match just to get straight in. You've shaved 10 minutes off, I suppose, or eight minutes or something like that of really cool entrances. The crowd still gets them. That's the main thing. They're still going to be hot for it. Um, and we they streamed it on social media anyway, so if you wanted to watch it, you still absolutely could of course it's brian danielson christian cage and jurassic express versus the elite an eight-man tag match which um you think could be absolutely chaotic and it was chaotic i suppose but it was chaotic in great ways um you would expect this match to be absolute fire and it, it was it was absolutely excellent um i don't think i need to give you the the whole rundown of, of what happened Um, safe to say, there was a few things that I thought were definitely really interesting here. Um, The first was uh, jungle boy doing some crazy stuff off the top rope to the outside and Matt Jackson practically saving his life by catching him, which I think is um, a real demonstration of their experience and class as performers that they could make that save Without missing a beat. I thought that was really cool. Um, and very glad that they were there and had the wherewithal to catch Jungle Boy, because that could have been horrendous. Um, second, of course, is the Christian injury, which, as far as I know, is completely kayfabed. But um, this isn't this will be the first of many times that I am absolutely played as an idiot mark for the uh evening. And he uh, yeah, so he, he, he takes an injury on the outside. you got Doc Samson there and things like that. And he's actually withdrawn from the match, which I thought was kind of a... I, I was actually genuinely concerned for a few minutes there, thinking, oh, my God, has he actually injured himself? But it becomes clear that it's just good booking. It's a way of making the baby faces um, face more peril so that it's not a 100% clean one for the heels, which is, you know, just good, sound, Booking and it's um it, it, there's of course <laughs> sorry I can't I can't go to the end skip to the end of this without of course mentioning um the botch the famous botch by Omega I um what well, by the elite sorry trying to pick up um Luchasaurus I think the thing that I liked about this and I think this kind of encapsulates a lot of what I like about AEW is that they didn't pretend it didn't happen. Um, Kenny gave i look to the crowd of like, oh yeah, I'm going to be on Botchamania, um, no worries, I enjoy that show too, and he sort of almost had a laugh about it, like there's no F's given, also enjoyed that the commentators don't pretend that it didn't happen, they'll acknowledge, man he screwed that up, um, they won't call it a botch, they won't get that inside baseball, but they don't try and say it's some manoeuvre that you know that he's come up with or something like that it's just nope he screwed that up that's embarrassing and everyone has a laugh they, they encourage the crowd to chant their different chants that you do towards a wrestler that's screwed up sorry i'm trying to keep the swear words free so that we don't have to put an explicit tag or anything like that on and just so that everyone can have a listen without having to worry if they're not big on swearing um so yeah i i uh, you know, that was just kind of funny. I just wanted to make a, a, a bit of a note of that. What I think is interesting about this match um, is that there is a lot of booking of the Elite looking really strong at the moment. And that, again, this is where we, I think we have to deal with some of these conditioning issues in terms of like undoing some of the damage, I suppose, WWE has done to us as viewers. Because I see people again online sort of complaining that this is the elite going into business for themselves which is interesting because we just had the story sort of break last week that the elite have no part of booking anymore that the creative is basically or well, they have very limited part of booking that basically um Tony Khan is is the booker and he has the the final say the creative control and that kind of thing and what we know and um again my man Tranquillo club does a, a really good um examination of this in his newest videos i'll drop a drop a link to that in the show notes because it's definitely worth checking out is that basically at the end of 2019 when dynamite had a really poor ending um to their last show of the year uh that involved it was it sounded like it was a bit of an improved ending because something something had happened and it involved the dark order pre brody lee beating up the elite and it um yeah, just basically didn't go over well. As I say, I'll, I'll drop a link to the video. We don't have to go into that into too much detail. But um, that's when TK took over doing all the booking. Um, and one of the frustrations he had was that the elite were being too nice, basically, and trying to put too many people over. And he was sort of like, well, no, we're going to turn you into a, you know, a strong, strongly booked winning faction because there's, that's what people want to see. and And we need that in the company. And I think that's what they're just continuing to do here with with the chase so um with the chase that for the titles that well i mean they've already done it with the lucha brothers and but particularly the chase for kenny's title and also the chase for the matches that we want to see i suppose like cole versus um danielson as example whatever those matches are that fall under that category they're they're creating a chase to it because the chase is what's really exciting I just thought that was quite timely given you know so much of the discussion going on at the moment um, that that should be sort of pointed out because originally if you had me in this situation if this was two years ago I probably would have been like oh man don't tell me these guys have started a promotion just to put themselves over but I think I mean as a fan they've definitely done enough in terms of building other talent and putting them over that they're allowed to look strong because that's the other thing is they are ultimately some of the best wrestlers in the world and you might not like them, but they're incredibly influential um, and they're incredibly significant in the modern wrestling landscape. So they should be allowed to win matches. And I I do think that they do a very good job in making them look like chicken crap heels. Um, You know, the fact that they only won it because it was four on three is 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 perfectly legitimate in my eyes. So um yeah, I enjoyed this match a lot. I think it's the right result. I think that they're building the elite up this or the you know, the super click I should say, to be someone that you're gonna really enjoy seeing eating it when the comeuppance comes. And I think uh, we're just gonna have to endure that. I sort of get the impression that the super click is basically like the NWO and they're gonna do it for a year. But instead of dropping the ball like they did at Starcade in 1997, we might actually get the right ending that everyone wants. Match rating on this one, I'd give it a B plus. Um, you know, it's it it's a television match, so it's hard to. If this was a pay per view match, I think you, you'd really get into the A's territory um, because you'd have so much more time to let things breathe to get more spots in and all that kind of thing but obviously when you've got a show with 13 segments stuff is inevitably going to feel rushed but I think they managed to get a good level of storytelling in there um, and a lot of really impressive in-ring stuff that you would you just expect from the talent that's involved so yeah I'll, I'll go to B plus would love to see something similar to this in the future where they've got more time to let it really play out the next little segment involved old Phil Brooks, CM Punk challenging Daniel Garcia. Now, this I mean, there's no not much to talk about in this segment. Um, <clears throat> suffice to say that I popped for it because the idea of Punk challenging Garcia uh, was very good to my ears. I'm a big fan of Daniel Garcia. You know, what? I'm a big fan of 2.0 as well didn't necessarily have a lot of interest when they came in. They've really grown on me <laughs> predominantly from BTE, I think, actually. But I, I I saw someone refer to them as the Baby Bucks or something like that. Um, and so, again, I'm probably out of wrestling uh, the IWC loop a little bit. But, yeah, I didn't realize that they are essentially like the Young Bucks Jr. And I think they're a very good um, era parent to that throne Um, I think they've been great I think Garcia is a phenomenal talent I love that he is essentially the old sort of NWA almost gimmick he's just he's not a speaker as much he's not a steroided out freak he's just a real solid nasty little wrestler Um, sorry there goes the dog again Um, scratching his (laughs) comb. oh i mean he has to hit it really hard to like make it press against his fur so that he can actually um so it feels like a bit of a scratch i'm sure you empathize with him um yeah so i thought this was cool um just the news i mean the the segment whatever but really excited to see how this pans out well i was really excited to see how it panned out on rampage and we'll talk about that later on the next segment um was pretty weird but I loved it. I mean, I'm loving everything Arn Anderson does at the moment, probably because I love Arn Anderson. Um, and this was kind of cool. Uh, very theatrical, very uh, almost Lucha Underground-y. Um, or very WWE, in fact, um, where it's shot very cinematically. Arn has apparently gone with a barrel and a camera crew to Cody's house to start a fire to burn some of his clothes in kayfabe that doesn't make a lot of sense but as an entertainment product it's pretty cool um makes him burn some of his flashy suits makes him take off his tie throw that in cody's annoyed because it's you know really expensive and aren't giving him the business for basically for worrying about that trivial crap um, and worrying about his distractions like his TV shows uh, when he should be focusing on the ring and sort of talking about how Black ripped through them because he was distracted. I mean, it's, it's just, it's awesome stuff. Like it is, it's so old school in the sense of this is, you know, Arne Anderson being the enforcer, but it's got that element of, Pizzazz, i suppose that that sort of um, made for television um, element where beautiful cinematography of uh, flames against a pitchback sky it's it's intimidating having this crazy old man who's told you on national television international television in fact that he will shoot someone's brains out if they pull him over in a car and he's now shown up on your lawn with a, a barrel of fire to burn your clothes so um really gets over the idea that arn is absolutely crazed and um yeah i i thought this was really cool i i don't really I, i'm not really into rating segments i've decided but i'll give that an a i thought it was <laughs> if i was gonna rate it I, i'd give it an a and i i get why people might have an issue barney come on man Bunny, come here i'm just gonna have my dog near me he's he's really sore he's got a he's got a sore on his behind from where he got a groom and he's licked it, and he's very uncomfortable they did a really poor job so i feel really bad like i've let him down as a father um so my little boy you just stay here mate i'll give you i'll give you a scratch and a pat um so hopefully that might lessen the sound of my dog hitting his cone um while we're trying to record this yeah sorry getting back to the show rather than my dog's butt um really really enjoyable stuff really cool um probably not for everyone's taste but absolutely for mine next up we have Sammy Guevara's first defense of his TNT title that he won last week against Bobby Fish who we spoke about earlier on in the podcast new signee to All Elite Wrestling this match was basically, in my eyes, it's it's a real B match in the sense of that's that's not an insult by any means. It's a really just first, first up title defense, you know, in the sense of like this is almost like a television title. This is almost like an open challenge. Um, there might be a, a lot of matches, and they can't always be completely high stakes because if everything is super high stakes, then... Nothing is high stakes. What we got to see here was a match between a veteran helping the give the rub to a younger, less experienced wrestler who's hot as hot as a volcano at the moment, um, and really needs good workers to help structure his matches to to take them to the next level and to Um, just continue I suppose his evolution particularly as a baby face and you know what as um, mentioned earlier I've mentioned multiple times haven't seen much of fish but was really impressed by this um, in the sense of what everything he did was basically perfect he targeted bits of the body um, you know got in some good offense but didn't make Sammy look foolish. You know, had a beautiful Avalanche Falcon Arrow uh, at one point for a near fall, so really gave that sense of adversity to, to Sammy. Um but as expected, I- I Guevara went over in, I don't know, it was about sort of maybe ten minutes or something like that. I didn't I didn't time any of this stuff. So sorry if I'm a, if I'm a bit rough on it. Um as to say there's not actually that much notable about it. But it's I think it's a really great way for um Sammy to start building up his title reign. If he can have a couple more matches or maybe even just one or two more uh, matches like this that he can just sort of get a bit of a build, build a bit of um, momentum into the start of his title streak. Get some guys that are really good workers and then can build an interesting match that um, keeps Sammy much strong, well, not much stronger, but stronger than they are. But also exposes, I suppose, a couple of vulnerabilities that can be tied into future storylines. I think that's really cool so fish absolutely did his job here and i imagine that this is more the kind of stuff he will do um going forward i imagine he's going to be a quite valuable tool if this is if this is anything to go by in helping elevate those pillars of the company and helping to refine their craft a little bit and to give them give them a bit of a rub so if if we were going for a grade probably just a b as i said earlier this is a b match um and i don't want anyone to take that as an insult. Because I think it was excellent. It was, it was exactly what it needed to be and what I expected it to be, quite frankly. And what's interesting about this match is, is the follow-up. Because this segment uh, was intense. And, and not intense because of the content necessarily, but because of the crowd. Now, thank God they, they were in Philadelphia. Thank God for the Philadelphia crowd. Because if you're a fan and you want a message relayed to the um, powers that be, Philadelphia crowd is really good in helping you with that. We've seen them do it to WWE many times over the past few years, and now it was kind of AEW's turn. Um, Yeah, we see Dan Lambert uh, and his goons do a sneak attack on Guevara, much to everyone's disappointment. Um, but there, there's a couple of things I, I want to touch on that that I'll be, I'm being facetious uh there's a couple of things I want to touch on that weren't disappointing about that first of all that um Chris Jericho came out like the, this made sense that he attacked Guevara and then Chris Jericho uh, or you know Fuego came out first got owned and then um Chris Jericho and Jake Hager came out to save Sammy because they've really, Uh, the the inner circle stuff has really just vanished essentially which is a bit funny because they had this really big match against the pinnacle who were the up and coming faction um bigger double or nothing and the inner circle went over them and you would have thought if that was the case that perhaps the inner circle would still remain sort of front and center but ultimately um they haven't so you sort of got to wonder why maybe the pinnacle didn't go over because it would have been a good opportunity to build them as a really strong heel faction because they've kind of suffered since then as well it's been very piecemeal mentioning of the uh the pinnacle we only see them sort of come out very rarely as more than sort of three or four of them which is very disappointing um i thought they had a lot of potential and could have been sort of the next four horsemen obviously um but never mind never mind i did read an interview with chris jericho where he talked about how they did want to actually disband after that um but tk talked him out of it and so said well why would you you don't have to be um involved in everyone's stuff but you should still stay together as boys and obviously that made him came around and you know um tony i think i've got to disagree with you there on that one i think that there's not much point in keeping them together if they not going to be doing stuff together. Um and I thought it was really um sort of quite bad storytelling that when Guevara won that uh, sorry won his title last week that there wasn't sort of an inner circle celebration that the inner circle were kind of irrelevant to that. <clears> or <throat> well, not bad storytelling that's not the that's not the right term but it just felt a bit strange. Um, so if they are going to keep the inner circle together I like at least the fact that um, they've, they've used them as a group. That, you know, Jericho and Hager did come out to to make the save on Sammy. And to, you know, this gives them a chance to sort of do some work together. Because otherwise, I'm not sure what the point of them being together is. Um, so I, I appreciated that. The other thing I did appreciate, and if you know any fans or any people that are new to wrestling and they haven't got much experience and they hear you using all these smarky terms like we do as fans. Um, this would be a great way to introduce them to go away heat. Um, so sit them down and say, Hey, this is a term we you might hear me say, this is go away heat. I will, I don't have to explain it to you. I will just show you because my goodness, this Philadelphia crowd wanted none of Lambert. Um, as I said before, really good for sending a message to um, the management of a wrestling organisation are a Philadelphia crowd because they booed the piss out of Dan Lambert. They pilloried this guy from pillar to post. It was incredible. They were so loud that you could barely hear Dan Lambert over the t- on TV. So that means that they couldn't really turn his mic up anymore without it popping and crackling and peaking. So... You could barely hear him there. I can't imagine what it must have been like in the audience itself. And they were relentless. They didn't. It didn't come in a wave. That entire promo from start to finish was a sea of angry boos. Um, and it was, I mean, that was go away heat. I, I'm not in any doubt that that, was, that wasn't, hey, um, actually, this is working out really well. And we're getting the response we wanted. I think that's people saying enough of this crap please drop this storyline um but they're not in fact the 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 main eventing rampage next week which is disappointing junior del santos del uh the the mma guy i don't really care about mma um doesn't do anything for me because real fights are boring as far as i'm concerned (laughs) it's the reason i don't go watch people fight at the pub and i'll watch a movie instead because in movies you can choreograph the stuff and make it interesting um yeah no uh, the segment was whatever um i just i just wish this would end i'm not interested in this at all but loved absolutely loved the crowd reaction to it that was that was amazing um so that was that was interesting that was those are the two takeaways i had from the segment that i enjoyed one was the inner circle actually being somewhat the inner circle uh and b the crowd absolutely crapping all over dan lambert's stuff and hopefully hopefully sending a message that we really don't want any more of this but given that they've already booked the match for next week i'm not confident on that all right next up though some good news we have tony come out i think everyone expected this there was a lot of rumors going on about it the huge announcement from tony khan that was promised before the show uh, Tony Schiavone comes out with Aubrey Edwards, who's holding a velvet bag with a new title in. And we all pretty much guessed what this was. Uh, it was the the launch of the TBS Championship. So this is sort of like the other woman's title that they're gonna have. I know that they don't like using this term, but it's a mid-card title. Um, and I don't use that term disrespectfully. I just don't know really what else to call it. It's the other it's maybe maybe it's the intercontinental title i suppose it's their equivalent but for the woman and i think this is a wonderful move i've heard some really terrible takes with people saying oh my god people saying that there's not enough going on in the women's division to warrant it that there's not enough talent or there's not enough stories going on Uh, um, so they're making that case based off where the women's division was i think two years ago for a start. But also what I find frustrating is that this adds an element that they can build stories around. See, one of the things that AEW did really badly, um, was it this year? I think it was this year, was they had a, you know, a women's tour- – they've had a couple of tournaments actually, haven't they? They've had the women's tag tournament, and they had another one earlier in the year with Japanese and American wrestlers, and they were pretty awful. And the reason why they were pretty, pretty awful wasn't necessarily because the the matches were bad, although there were some absolutely abysmal matches that I saw – Um, but actually they didn't build anything out of those tournaments there were no storylines and things like that Um, and I suppose part of that was because there wasn't there was only one title to chase Um, so where I'm going with this is I do think that they have an opportunity to start building more interesting feuds and more interesting stories because of the presence of this title this gives some of the wrestlers other things to do people were online asking who they would like to see um my bias would be i'm going to say this for every title so you can ignore this first pick because i'm going to pick hikari shida i love hikari shida i wish she was champion forever um that's not realistic nor is it good for business um so what my actual answer would be would probably be serena deep i'd like to see her be the first champion and be a heel now that she's sort of made that turn that will sort of discuss later um my initial instinct was actually as well probably thunder rosa but of course i forgot about the fact that no actually i want thunder rosa to beat brett baker i want her to be the the main champion the women's champion a lot of lot of talk about the design of the belt people saying that they think that the design of the belt is nicer than the the main women's championship i see where they're going with that i don't actually think it's nicer i quite like the i didn't like the original women's bout but i liked it when they enlarged it and made it a bit bigger i actually think it's quite nice i think it's very unique um but i, I do get i do get the criticisms don't get me wrong um and i do find it very funny that the tbs championship is going to be <laughs> bigger than the women's title uh, but I, I still i think actually prefer the women's title i think the um One thing I don't like about this title is the TBS logo. The TNT logo is very simple and classic. Um, This TBS logo isn't. And of course they're bought in the blue as well, which I love blue. Blue's my favorite color. I think the blue isn't necessarily bad, but I saw someone post online. You can see it on my Twitter feed. I I retweeted it where actually the TBS from a distance looks like the word hose, and I kind of can't unsee that now. So lovely, lovely belt, but I still... I don't know, it doesn't sound like it based off what I've just said. I do do think it is actually a lovely belt, but I don't think it's quite as nice as everyone's making it out to be in the sense that it's it's better than the main championship. I think it's just weird that it's bigger, but I actually think the main champion's nice. And as I say, I'm really excited by the adoption of this belt. I think that we're going to hopefully see more feuds, more storylines and the elevation of some women's talent in um in the tv programming which is long overdue and they have the, the the power there they have the ability they have the staff the staff the performers the wrestlers to um to do that and so yeah this this is nothing but good news to me and really glad that they did a solo one and not a not a tag one yet because there hasn't been much um much emphasis on women's tags except for that tournament and that tournament wasn't great i think that, if anything that just exposed a lot of the weaknesses in terms of the women's tags, in the in the fact that there aren't any. Um, so yeah, no cool stuff. Following that, we get some derby time. Starts off with a sit down interview with Jim Ross. I like these. I always think these are really good. Gets to just go over some of the stuff he's talked about regarding why he paints his face, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that's the lead into a match with uh, Nick Camerado. Nick Comarado is a beast i um thought this was an interesting choice for a match is a bit of i suppose filler um Comerado, i first camarado's done really well for himself i remember when he had that match against john moxley a while back and i was like who the hell is this guy this is going to be a squash and i really like what they did with that in the terms that they didn't make it a squash they actually made him super competitive and i was like oh this guy's actually a deal and I think that's kind of stuck with me because it was when, it, when I saw this, even though I was like, well, this seems like a bit of a filler match, I was like, it should actually be really good. Um, Comorado should probably throw him around a bit, which is basically what happened. Um, it was a classic small man big man match, and that Comorado um, had a lot of the offense, um, was looking pretty dominant, and Darby, of course, used his speed and cunning to take out the victory eventually with his coffin drop um no i honestly now i'm recapping it i don't actually even remember much from this match to be honest i should have taken some some notes around it um i don't think it i don't think it matters too much i think this is a game this is just sort of um establishing wins and losses and sort of there's not much storyline progression in this because the storyline progression is happening um around it it gives um it gave it. It gives it gives a bit of. I suppose um, it gives a chance for, without spoilers, because it's a couple of segments down. But you know the pinnacle to I suppose take advantage of a guy who's already had a fight tonight. Um, the follow up, of course, we have Cutie Marshall attack Sting with a chair, give him a cutter. Does he attack him with a chair? Oh, sorry. Anyway, the, the point is, is he gives him a cutter. Sting no sounds straight back up, and gives him a scorpion death drop. I mean, kayfabe shattering, uh, but enjoyable nonetheless. I, I'm, I like QT Marshall. I think he's really, really funny. I, don't get me wrong. I wasn't much of a fan, the fan of his feud with Cody either. Or oh, it wasn't actually that I wasn't a fan of it. I just didn't really like the prominence it was given. I thought the actual grounding of it was really great. Um, given that that moment that um, uh, Lee Marshall. Uh, Lee Marshall. <laughs> god you can tell I watched WCW growing up Um, Lee Johnson won his first match and he thanked everyone but didn't thank QT and QT was just glaring at him in the background and you could see that that had the potential to be something really cool Um, I think they kind of dropped the ball with it honestly but I I like the way that he's now sort of a bit he's not so sort of serious he's a bit of a clown you know. he's he's this bowling shirted uh, wannabe gangster who's more like a Denny's owner, um, so pretty funny stuff. Um, I'll pop for Sting pretty much all the time. So whatever the match again, I'm probably gonna give that a B. It's it's hard to rate a match like that, because um, what can you you know what the outcome's gonna be? As long as they do things correctly, you can't exactly be too critical of it. But it's it's not gonna set the world on fire either so that that little uh match and the follow-up with sting and QT that was the eighth segment of the night so man they are flying through the show absolutely flying through the show and it doesn't slow down we get Dante martin out to the ring uh giving him a pretty confident babyface promo like I can take on anyone I'll challenge anyone it's pretty comfortable on the mic I thought um you know sometimes you get these young workers that are real high flyers and they're not great on the mic I thought he was fine actually I was I was quite surprised. I haven't really listened to him talk much. Um, lights go out. <laughs> Malachi Black is in there with that awesome mask he's got. Um, takes him out. Um, lights go out again. He obviously pulls him out of the ring or whatever. And then he's left standing tall. tells um, <clears throat> Martin that the House of Black accepts his challenge. Now, this is cool. I didn't see this coming at all. Um you know surprise feud i suppose that's very simple to build um i like this idea that this this young guy has probably lost a little bit of perspective and forgotten that there are monsters like Malachi black out there whose whole character is based around just causing ca- uh, pain and chaos yeah i think this should be cool i don't know I, I i assume you'd have to give it to to black in making um martin look strong um, but I th- I can't wait for this match. Uh, yeah, I mean that would be you think would have to happen. It'd be I don't think it, I think it'd be hard to suspend your disbelief that Martin could beat up um, Black. But either way, I think this will be an absolute cracker because this is a clash of styles, but two incredibly athletic guys. Still, regardless, even though they have different styles and um, some experience that Martin could definitely benefit from. So, yeah, a- again, it's it's one of these things where they like, oh, they use x w w e wwe guys. Well, Tommy N's been on the independent circuit for a long time. But, yes, okay, let's take your point that he might be a wwe guy. What's he doing? He's coming in and he's giving the rub to a younger talent. Um, and as AEW do really well, I'm sure that they will showcase Martin to an exceptional level and he'll look really good coming out of A loss that I assume will probably be coming. Two more segments. Real quick, Ricky Starks challenging Brian Cage to a street fight. We'll talk about that more when it comes on Rampage. And then we have these lightning quick women's promos um, about the TBS Championship. So I don't know how I felt about this. I and I don't mean this as criticism, I just don't know how I felt about it. It's 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 interesting where I talked about earlier how Dynamite. Packs a show, and some of the stuff just races through. I, I sort of found myself thinking, "Man, these women aren't getting long to chuck down a, a promo on this belt." But I suppose, again, if you think about it in kayfabe—well, they've only just launched it. The camera crew, even though these are clearly pre-recorded in kayfabe, the camera crew have sort of got back then, like, "Hey, can we have some quick thoughts just off the top of your head to go through it?" And they—they—they they, they have four of them. Sky Blue probably needs um Sky Blue's one was surp- I'm surprised they kept that in to be honest. And there's nothing like I like Sky Blue. I think she's a real talent going forward. Again, we'll talk about more her more on Rampage, but it it's her promo kind of clashed with the other three, because the other three were a bit more energetic and a bit more standard. And hers was very, very relaxed. <laughs> to put it mildly. But I, I again I got sort of thinking about how yeah, I suppose I'm sort of conditioned to think that a promo has to take a long time um that's a very fed thing to do i mean god i remember the bad old days where raw would open with a, a triple h promo that would go for 20 minutes or you know a segment with him promoing someone else probably and we go for 20 minutes and we only got the hour version of it in new zealand so that would be painful i i, just, I remember the friggin' ultimate warrior promo from 1998 and just been like again we got the one hour version of nitro i mean like the show's almost finished And there hasn't been anything because of it. Um, So it's interesting that they're actually just almost adapting the format a bit to be, no, well, we're going to introduce Vox Pops as well. So there's this constant presence of of people, but we don't have to have them go into this long spiel. We can have it a bit more um, fast-flowing and a bit more um, efficient, I suppose. I'm, I'm mixed on it but i've noticed they've been doing it quite a bit recently they do you know these these quite quick promos and i'm certainly not against it i think it's an interesting innovation and it's it's a good use of of time and i suppose um it's it's definitely different to what the competition do and i like it i think i'll get more thoughts on that i'll keep an eye on that over the coming weeks and sort of s- and let you know how i feel about it those women's promos are of course a segue into Shida versus Deeb, Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deeb, the match I was most looking forward to tonight, and my god, this match did not disappoint at all, a lot of emphasis put on the Hikaru Shida winning 50 matches, they even created a trophy, and then put the trophy at ringside, which, okay, I'm going to confess something to you guys, because I think it's funny, And I'm hoping that you relate and you enjoy it. I was so blinded by my favoritism for Hikaru Shida and my undying loyalty. I was wearing my Shida t-shirt while I watched this match. I went 110% full mark. I was so excited to see her back on television. And I was so excited that she was having a match with someone of the caliber of Serena Deeb. That this was probably going to be match of the night for me. That I got sucked in and did not see the swerve coming. Well, not swerve. It's not a swerve. It's just a result. Um, <laughs> they did as much foreshadowing as possible that um, Sheeta wasn't going to win this match. They laid it on pretty thick. And I still was shocked and saddened when Deeb won. And that, that's no disrespect to Deeb because I really, I mean, Deeb's outstanding, isn't she? She's, she's absolutely brilliant. Um but yeah, it was. It, I, I was genuinely shocked and genuinely upset, and and a little bit ropeable. Um, even though, in terms of your programming, um, and your storytelling, it was the right decision to make. Um, yeah, uh, it leaves a lot of potential storyline options in terms of this view, but also in terms of the development of Sheeta as a character. I think depending on if they choose to go down that route or not the match was outstanding I mean Deeb I, I love it how Sheeta sort of I suppose was looking really strong and Deeb started early and started consistently focusing on her legs um and just kept wearing them down and wearing them down and wearing them down and Sheeta could not put her away and she got her in that bloody submission that forced Sheeta t- to tap um this was this was excellent this as I say part of it is probably as I say my blind um, favoritism towards Shida and so that allowed me to be way more of a mark for the night to really lose myself in this and really get sucked into the emotion of it all and the storytelling um, so yeah I'm basically letting you know I'm a dummy and I actually took the bait took all of this hook line and sinker and I'm so happy I did because ultimately it made it mean that much more to me and it was really enjoyable i give it given an a easy a um yeah as i say hugely fond of this would love to see more of this this really shows what talent that there is in the women's um roster and how they can make some really exciting content with just some simple simple tweaks just that element of this is their first of 50 wins um made it feel like that these were really high stakes and ultimately all she was getting was a trophy. Um, that instead of getting the trophy she got it around her head Um, yeah loved it absolutely loved it this leads us to our 13th segment of the night I think before I said there was 13 I was wrong there's 14 segments I can't remember what I said but if I did say 13 I was wrong it's 14 if I said it was 14 then disregard that I've just said I thought it was 13 ignore it Um, I'm just obviously not coping with my monday very well because i haven't had enough coffee but this this is 40 uh, oh my god this is the 13th segment darby allen um walking backstage uh sort of looking and then he, he talks to the cameraman limo pulls up um wardlow and pinnacle guys get out and just beat the crap out of him um very standard sort of so it's wwe-esque backstage segment or wcw it's just a standard sort of north american wrestling segments um however again a couple of tweaks on it that i very much enjoyed first of all i enjoy (laughs) i enjoyed that the guys had balaclavas on when it was so clearly them um and that the the commentators really really went all in on kayfabe on this and played up like Oh my god, that's Wardlow. I know it is. You can't convince me otherwise. Yes, of course it's Wardlow. He may as well have a flashing neon sign above him saying that. So I, I enjoyed that. I thought that was pretty funny um, and pretty neat. Secondly, though, I appreciated, my god, I appreciated this so much that they took they hijacked the camera. They didn't the cameraman wasn't just standing there watching a beatdown. He got muscled into, you know, he got bullied out of handing over his camera. And that's why they're filming to send a message. And I think those little details mean a lot to me because I—it's one of the again one of those things that when you're when you're a kid and you start when you start watching wrestling and you and you get sort of sucked in and you become a mark, it's so easy to suspend your disbelief. Um, and one of the things, one of the reasons I really don't like WWE is because they ruined a lot of that for me because they did have these these. And this isn't like hold on, I, I need to say this is it's a personal thing because it's not like the the WWE has ever been um, non-transparent about what they do that's 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 a fault that other people have with them is that they are so open about the fact that everything they do is um, sports entertainment if you will um, and isn't supposed to be taken as real so so don't this is not even this isn't more of a a personal grudge that not a grudge it's just a personal opinion i have because it's something i'm sentimentally attached to um that that time in my life where i was such a sucker for kayfabe and that inevitably i hold a bit of um ill will towards wwe because they were the ones that kind of broke that And, and that came from these segments where these things would happen and i was always like why the hell is there a cameraman there not doing anything why are they speaking to each other in secret with a cameraman there why are all these things happening where there's a cameraman and an audio crew there and they're pretending that they're not there and it's being beamed out into the audience and it's being beamed out internationally at home all those little things annoyed the crap out of me at 13 years old um and that's not to say WCW didn't do them, because WCW had the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan Mirror sketch, Um, and I mean that segment was just, I mean that, sorry, that feud, OSW reviewer doing that as their current story arc, so sorry if that's fresh in my mind at the moment, that's the one I keep making reference to, but it is very fresh in my mind because of that, Um, you know, WCW did that stuff as well, but I don't think they did it to the extent that WWE did and so I have a real hatred for it I really can't stand cameramen just hanging around during the scene of a a violent brawl like they're not there that invisible camera so I really liked that you know there was there was a logical setup to it he he came in they were trying to get an interview these guys pulled up beat the crap out of him but stole the camera so that they could send a message um I know I've totally overanalyzed what was what a 30 40 second Um, segment and I've spoken for about five minutes on it um, and I've given you more backstory about my life that you didn't ask for but I just wanted to express my appreciation for those little fine details and those are those little fine details that really make this product speak to me um, and really give me a strong affinity towards it (sighs) last but not least we have the casino ladder match now these casino rules things we talked about it the other week I think um, how I'm not a fan of the casino battle royal I think it's just completely overcomplicated, complicated um, and some of it really doesn't make sense in Kfabe um, but regardless the the latter match is at least a bit simpler because you just have the individual people coming out now this this match I thought I really wasn't looking forward to it to actually I was interested because I had heard the rumors regarding hangman coming back so i was on the edge of my seat waiting for that um but i i I was skeptical about it i sort of looked at the time and was like looking at the competitors and i'm like i I don't see how this can be compelling um in the space of 15 minutes and how guys are going to look good when ultimately only one of them can win and you have so many people here that are deserving that was my thoughts going in i was wrong I thought this match was outstanding. I thought this was incredibly well paced. Um, I thought everyone got a chance to showcase their spots really well. I, I, some of them were obviously logically baffling, but that's just part of ladder matches. You have to accept that. I liked that you know Matt Hardy was so enraged by Orange Cassidy that he lost interest in going for the belt and instead set up a old school Matt Hardy ladder through the table spot. Awesome. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Thought that was a real nice throwback and looked really cool. Um I liked the fact that Moxley was getting booed for um essentially being um you know, being an opponent to Adam Page. We haven't got to that yet and I'm already speaking about it, but still let's you know, I like I liked that element and I liked that it sort of sort of plants the seeds for a potential heel turn if he wanted to do that. I thought he was you know really really good in it um and yeah i think i think there's a lot there that they can work on thought El, uh, andrade al idolo had a couple of massive spots that one where he was gets pushed off the ladder and down through the table on the ground was really cool um you know, Cassidy, Cassidy was great in it, you know, I like the fact that he actually ran up the ladder at one point, I thought that was kind of cool, because it's, you know, it's obviously that thing, it's like, oh, suddenly Cassidy's taking it seriously, we've got that character thing, but also it's that, like, why do these guys climb this goddamn ladder so slow, even though, you know, to be fair, I climb a ladder very slowly, and I'm not doing it in the middle of a moving wrestling ring, um, Archer, Archer looked phenomenal, um, yeah, he looked like an absolute brute, um and so they packed a the lot in to 15 minutes and of course the, all of that's kind of um window dressing for the fact that what this was about was the pop of the night and that was hangman adam page's return as the joker as we all kind of i think a lot of people expected but i don't know if we were 100 percent sure and it was amazing he got such a wonderful pop it was really you know you had so many bad faith takes over the past few weeks being like oh page has been buried that's why the fact he took time off to be with his family when they had a new baby. Um, he's going to get lost in the shuffle, etc. People will forget who he is. People have forgotten who he is. Comes back, loudest pop of the night, even louder than Dan Lambert's go-away heat. Roof comes off the building. Everyone's so excited. He comes in, looks like a badass. Some, a buckshot off a ladder through the goddamn table was just brutal, um, extreme so it was the spot of that match Um, and then a sneak sort of buckshot lariat on Lance Archer knocks him out of his shoes um, to then climb the ladder and get the title match that we are all dying for so the match could have been crap until that point but it wasn't but the match could have been crap until this point they booked that ending so perfectly um, and it was such a wonderful moment that what can you say This this is awesome this is I cannot wait to see where this goes. I don't know if they do it at the next pay-per-view. I don't know if they do um, <clears throat> Kenny and him there. I don't know, but I'm happy to go along with it because I think we're finally in the road to... The chase is finally starting to wind down and we might see it come to fruition. Really curious that they announced that they're going to do the, the World Champion Eliminator um, tournament again. So we could hopefully at Full Gear see um, Paige win the title and his next opponent in the same night which there you know could potentially set up some really cool storyline stuff I don't know I haven't even had a chance to think about how how that would fold up to fantasy book that um, because I've just been so excited um, just enjoying the moment for what it is Um, I think there'll be a lot more discussion coming out around about that soon Um, and again as I said there's been so much discussion around when this should be done how it should be done etc etc i don't know what my thoughts are I, i i trust that it will happen i mean i suppose ideally my impatient side wants to see it done at um at the next show at full gear but if they think they can get more out of it by delaying it till revolution or something like that so be it um you know i i trust that it's gonna happen and it'll happen well and it'll be satisfying and it'll be one of the greatest moments in wrestling history um you know and i i I don't think that they're gonna screw him out of it again i think he's done you know he's this is the end of the 3 X structure and if they stick it it will just be which I, i do think they will stick it um so i should say when they stick it oh it's gonna be exciting yeah this was so yeah i've been an a for the match um i'll give it an a plus just as an unofficial ranking just for the bias of seeing hangman come back get that pop clear house and dominate the way he did really cool loved it um overall a, a, a packed show of dynamite absolutely packed thought it was thought with that much stuff it wouldn't it would be a bit chaotic and a bit too piecemeal and a bit too rushed but i think they did an outstanding job with it. a couple of things i didn't like but generally i thought that the the pace of the show was good um they they really did give things like the derby match um and the bobby fish and sammy Guevara match they really gave the, the show a chance to breathe and for everyone to catch their breath but while advancing um different storylines in different ways, very, very successfully, um, and and giving those guys wins that make them look really good. So uh, yeah, against expectations, a fourteen segment show in two hours can be done very, very well. um And of course, match of the night, without doubt. I know I just said I'd give a plus to a casino ladder match. I'm gonna take that back. Let's go. Give it originally an A minus. Give it an A with make sure bias. And my actual match of the night is. Just uh, Hikari shida versus serena deep which does get a solid a and with my own personal sort of bias a plus 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 because it's got Hikari shida and, and serena deep's a total boss so yeah really good good episode of um good of episode of dynamite in front of a hot crowd god what the hell are we going to get next week <laughs> So this gives us a chance to have a quick overview of Rampage and it will be a bit of a quick overview because it's definitely nowhere near as packed as Dynamite um, and there's, there's honestly not too much to... I mean, I, I, still, I still sort of would be packed um, when I saw four matches but of course you then see that Jade vs Sky Blue is on there. You know it's it's really sort of three and a, a bit matches Uh, But it's certainly not quite as intense as the Dynamite card with its um, 14 segments. Sorry, I keep harping on about that. Um, But uh, interesting show regardless. First up is, I think, the high point of the show for me personally someone that loves a good bit of um, actual just sort of technical wrestling. We have CM Punk versus Daniel Garcia, and this is very good match um Garcia is an absolute menace in terms of the way he's able to tie people up but I think what made it particularly special was CM Punk selling I thought Punk sold everything really well and he sold I suppose a general demeanor of holy crap this is tough better than in the last matches we've seen him. And I thought, I think he's been really good in those last two matches um, against Hobbs and against Punk. But I think this was a really um, interesting example of how to sell um, and how selling isn't just a case of when you get hit, pretend it hurts. It's a whole physical demeanor. It's a whole psychological phenomenon. And what it did was it made Daniel Garcia look like... Um, just a, just a will beater, looked like he could um, through sheer force of will and skill alone uh, take on anyone and it made it look believable that he might pick up this victory even though we pretty much all assumed he wasn't going to. A um, little bit of interference goes awry from 2.0 as sort of to be expected and CM Punk manages to pick up a pretty tough win uh, probably I think his best match so far. Actually, I mean that or that or Derby. It's it's hard to say because they they are so um, you know Derby. You you got the the element of the fact that it was on pay per view, so they got that extra time um to really let things go, and there was a lot more emotion behind it because it was his first match back and all that kind of thing. But yeah, I you know tough tough to say, but a very good match. He's got Bob uh. <laughs> bobby Seidel, oh my goodness matt Seidel. next week he hasn't got bobby fish he's got matt Seidel next week and so that's continuing at, uh this trajectory of really sort of going through the undercard um and tackling different styles you couldn't matt Seidel and daniel garcia are complete contrasts even though they're sort of a similar size you know daniel garcia is not a high flyer he's a he's a sort of catch-as-catch-can technical beast so interesting punk's really shown off his versatility and um his ability which is pretty cool um he's really doing this one for the wrestling fans i think which is which is pretty neat so i look forward to that um as i don't think it's going to beat um the fed unfortunately but um yeah, this was a this was a cool match. And next up, we get the Lucha Brothers versus the Acclaimed, which is, I mean, this Lucha Brothers tag reign is pretty quiet at the moment, I think. And this is probably part of the the inevitable sort of issue, I think, once you've you've achieved, you've got through the chase and you've actually got the title. Well, then what the hell happens next? So they're they're probably doing sort of similar what they did um, with Sammy. They're talking about where they're sort of starting things a bit sort of slow. They're going to get a couple of wins just to sort of showcase themselves off before things sort of start to really kick off and they start to build into some proper feuds. And I think that the acclaimed are a good, good couple of guys to do this with. The acclaimed are really impressive. I, I I got a lot of time for these dudes. Sorry about my dog again. He's now having a tantrum about something. Um, I, I think it's not just the, the freestyle gimmick, which is pretty good. I think, I think his, his disses are pretty funny. Um, but it's they are both really good workers they're both big dudes big strong dudes and they they've got a they've got a good future i think that they've got a good foundation starting here they're building a a good little fan base and they're making a good enough presence on dark and dark elevation with dipping into the to the main shows frequently enough that they are in everybody's mind um I thought they looked pretty good here, but ultimately, this was about giving someone to make the brothers look strong, and they did. You know, it was it wasn't. It was a TV match, so as I say, like it wasn't. Um, it was pretty quick by the standards of what you might see from the Lucha Brothers, but they got a chance to show some of their good spots. They got a chance to look really strong um, against these two up and comers. Ultimately, nobody was hurt, but it was. Sort of a really good way to build the idea that the Lucha Brothers are really dominant and really strong, and whoever they do eventually end up feuding with over the next little while is going to be in for a hell of a ride to take those titles. So yeah, this was—I didn't give a great a, a rating to the first match. I give the the first match an A minus. Probably give this one a B, B minus. Not because it's bad or anything like that, just because of what it is. It's it's a bit of a filler. Feel a, a that's really insulting. I'm trying not to insult them. It's it's it is a match almost for a match's sake. Um, so there's not a huge amount of emotion tied to it. Uh, next up, we have Jade and Sky Blue, which I mentioned previously. You sort of knew where this one was going to do. I've seen some people kind of upset that Sky Blue was put into the position because she's talented enough that she shouldn't be jobbing. Uh, respectfully, I disagree. Uh, Not that Sky Blue wasn't talented. That's not the issue. I think absolutely she should have been fed to Jade. Jade needs good workers to make her look strong if they're going to push her. Um, And Jade needs to be in a sort of Goldberg position where she's in short matches that allow her to showcase her strengths while not showcasing her weaknesses. We don't want to see her swing in a chair like we did uh, last week. That was terrible. Um, And I think this was good. It really, it was short, it was tight. Sky was able to really give her the rub and make herself look like she was absolutely bamboozled i think sky is going to be fine sky went from a few weeks ago um being an enhancement talent on the evening to then being invited to the pay-per-view to then getting a contract and now is on rampage so i you know that's a massive step up um that's a massive massive uh, achievement and a massive vote of faith by tony khan and aew so I, i i think she's she's all good like she's got a big future i imagine that she'll probably be used somewhat in a lee johnson capability for a little while where she yeah she will be a jobber um she will take a lot of losses and then She'll start getting better and better and better in storyline. And then, you know, we'll see her actually graduate to winning some big matches. I I, you know, not everyone can be amazing. It's what I said before with Bobby Fish. Not everyone can be top of the card. Not everyone can be bought in straight away to be challenging near the top. She she will have to make some other wrestlers look good that they've had in the pipeline for a while. And that's fine because the favor will be returned to her. When new recruits come in and she'll get to go over them. And some of the local unsigned talent and dark and elevation will we'll see that. So I can't imagine she's worried. I imagine she's living her best life. And I think it's it's all good. I think that this was done perfectly. Match was I mean B's my sort of standard grade for a, a neutral match. This was a B match because what else what else going it to be? It's a squash. It was an adequately done squash that made Jade look really strong and That's that's a good achievement, but it's not exactly something that you're going to watch multiple times um, in the coming weeks because it was just that damn exciting. It just wasn't. And finally, this brings us to the Philadelphia Street Fight, which um, preceding it had one of the greatest tweets I've ever seen from Ricky Starks where (laughs) Brian Cage had tweeted at him saying, yo, like something like, yo, Ricky, where's the Philadelphia Street Fight? And Ricky quote tweeted it with the response, in philly you big dumb bitch which i thought was golden um so we we get this philadelphia street fight again i'm sort of like it's 10 to 15 minutes going to be enough for something like this to really you know to to get enough decent spots in and to make it interesting probably was a bit rushed but ultimately it was a pretty good match with some pretty pretty nice spots um the main takeaway, I suppose, is that I think the right result happened um, and I think they booked it well enough to make it look like Brian Cage was defeated by three guys and you know three guys with weapons, which is sorry Barney's gone crazy again, um, which is cool you know what else can you do um? Because Team Taz honestly needs the wins, because boy they they eat a lot of losses. Um, but unfortunately, I, d- I don't know what's next for Brian Cage. Uh, you know, it's 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 an interesting thing. Brian Cage probably does deserve a bit better, I think, in AEW. I don't I don't know how their backstage system works. I don't know how much he's pitching to Tony Khan. I don't know what you have to do to sort of push yourself and whether or not he's doing that whatever I'm just a fan I'm not I'm not someone who works there but it's it is a bit disappointing for me I know he's had some he's had some really good moments you know like a world title shot and that kind of thing um you know opening double or nothing a couple of months back again yeah, well and a defeat over actually um Hangman Page a while ago but um I yeah I, I I kind of wish there could have been more for him so far. I I, I do like Cage a lot. I think he's got such a unique look, look. I mean, steroids, whatever it is. Um, the fact of the matter is, is he can he can go while being that big. Um, I don't think he's that bad on the microphone. A lot of people think he's not very good. I I think he's fine. Um, and I know the sort of the discussions around is people sort of talking about that. He's not being used right, and that he's unhappy, and he's sort of saying, "Well, I never said that." Um, meanwhile, it it doesn't look it doesn't look like he's having a huge amount of fun. But uh, you know, who knows? It's all wrestling politics that we don't actually really know about. We're just surmising based off um, gossip. I do have to say, I think he would probably be better in wwe i kind of agree with that session only because of the fact that they have such a fondness for the size guy he is i think he would probably be annoyed on getting to miss out on doing some of his super duper athletic stuff because they would book him a bit more like a monster but i think that would well and truly override you know being booked as a monster would certainly uh benefit him more than being able to do some of that flashier stuff that you don't expect from a guy of his size who knows what's going to happen. If, if, if I was him, I would probably, I'd probably seriously consider it. Um, but I don't know his situation. I don't know. him. I don't know his family. I don't know what his pay is like and all those kinds of different things. Um, but it was a bit of a, it was a bit anticlimactic for me as a fan of Brian cage, even though it was predictable. And even though it was the right thing by the story, kind of wish that, um, kind of wish that Brian, had more going on for him at the moment. So, yeah, the street fight, it was fine. I mean, yeah, it was fine. It wasn't anything that was going to blow the lid off the place. There just wasn't the time or the availability of, you know, sort of materials or whatever. I mean, street fights, they kind of all look a bit silly when you see death matches now well, death matches is so much more widely sort of known about and you see even on AEW they've had a couple it, 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 it kind of feels like a bit silly when you sort of see a guy get hit with a garbage can after you've seen you know Nick Gage pull out a pizza cutter right I, I, I don't know I, I think it's a stipulation that's not particularly great it should be so sparingly used that you can have those matches those really disgusting matches because um, it's ending a blood feud and then aside from that you d- you don't really use it because you want to be able to make it mean something and I don't know if this meant something um I gave it a c plus um again the guys both did good work but for my personal taste I, I asked yeah it left a bit a bit for me that I would have liked to have seen done a bit differently and that's really it for rampage rampage was they say it's the fastest hour of wrestling on professional uh, professional wrestling on television and my god they they don't lie because that went incredibly quickly um it was a good show um the ratings apparently have been they had the fast ratings come out yesterday and they look like they were really low about four hundred sixty-four thousand, i think was what they were reporting they, they normally tend to go up slightly from that when the the official ratings come out but only by about 30,000 or something so yeah huge drop off um I was talking last week about how I still don't think the ratings are a problem I still think 460 is actually about the margin that they would like to be the drop off is quite concerning though I have to admit um just how steep it was from last week considering you had you know Punk and Garcia opening which should have been you know a bit of a needle mover i would i would have thought or at least not not a needle mover in the wrong direction um i still don't think those numbers are anything to worry about i think as i mentioned last week between four to five hundred thousand is probably where they should be expecting to be that should be probably where they're averaging based off what we saw with those pandemic era dynamites i think that a pandemic emma dynamite so that's you know a live show live a show from that time so there's no you know there is no CM Punk there's no um, Brian Danielson there's no Adam Cole there's no Ruby Soho um, signings so a pandemic era show that is live but still was the A-squad of the time was getting about that four to 500,000 mark I think that a B-show that's pre-recorded but with an audience and with those extra signings, I think those those two are kind of equal. I think those that's that's about as similar as you're kind of going to get. And so if that's what the the dynamite was getting, I don't see any reason why Rampage realistically would be getting any more. It's you got hardcores basically; they're the only ones uh, watching it, and that hardcore number. That's about where it seems to be. Um, if they get below four hundred, that's when you know I like. It's so hard to know because you are speculating basically just off what Dave Meltzer says and based off your own impressions. I mean, at the moment, thus still, um, thus still in the top five ratings with a with a four hundred and sixty something, which is outstanding. Um, but I suppose you start to think about that reputational risk if they get below four hundred thousand even if that's still good for the network, is that making AEW look bad? Um, and I suppose that's the kind of stuff they take into consideration and it's their job to figure out, certainly not our job as fans. We will speculate it and we will treat it like it's our job, but ultimately they're the ones with the inside knowledge of these figures and everything else that goes with it. Um, but yeah, that was that was interesting. And I, I can't imagine that this week's show coming up is going to make too much of a difference to it, to be honest, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a sec. week obviously we have things actually a bit backwards which is kind of interesting we're going to be starting the week with rampage um the dynamite show has been moved to saturday because of i'm guessing it's major league baseball i haven't even checked it must be it must be mlb this playoff season can't imagine why else it would be so that's that's kind of interesting we're going to actually have um, a live rampage is the lead in coming from miami i believe going to be starting the show again with CM Punk which is kind of funny how he's come in and essentially made Rampage his own Um, which is yeah I find that kind of unique that he doesn't actually spend a huge amount of time on Dynamite he's really trying to force people to come watch him on the Friday show which is taking a bit of a gamble it's kind of like the opposite of the old Hulk Hogan strategy of moving yourself away during a lull and then coming back and sort of saying, well, look, the ratings were down when I left. Um, you need to bring me back. He was notorious for doing that when there were playoffs and things like that. He's kind of doing the opposite. He's saying, I'm going to go into the B-show and tear it off, um, even though it's at a, at a really difficult time. And there are other sports in that kind of thing happening. It's kind of like he wants to um, tackle WWE directly or something. I, I, that's that's not true. There's no evidence that whatsoever it's just that's my little fan theorizing but anyway we're going to have him versus Seidel Um, this should be a really cool match I uh, as I said before uh, in last week's episode I, I like the way that he's taking on a variety of different comers and different styles as he's going through we've seen sort of a reckless guy in Darby Allen we've seen a powerhouse in Will Hobbs and no pun intended since that's his nickname we've seen a technical sort of master in Daniel Garcia and this week we have a high flyer which is pretty cool um, as I said earlier on I'm not sure I'm going to stop saying as I said As I said, I'm said, got to come up with a better thing for that I think I say that a lot that and um but as stated previously the uh, I don't think this match is any pull away from WWE frankly um, you know a lot of their audience is either old or very young and a lot of those you know 13 14 year olds or whatever wouldn't have even probably seen punk or wouldn't have much memory of him and the older ones might sort of who are that loyal to wwe anyway have a have a bit of a barn burner of their own match so it's a bit of a shame because i think this could be an absolutely cracking match and it should get a lot of eyeballs I'm really excited about this one I I love the idea of these two similar sized guys two both very good workers but in completely different ways sketching out a match and if there's one thing Punk's been doing so far it's he's been sketching out these really interesting psychological matches with wonderful storytelling and I'm so so keen to see how this goes so I think that that's going to probably be I mean that's going to be a pretty hard to top in the next two matches um I can't remember the order of the other two we have I'm just going to talk about this one first we have the inner circle so or you know three-fifths of the inner circle we have Jericho Guevara and Hager taking on the men of the year Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky and Junior Dos Santos I've got it right that time um <clears throat> and of course i will have um Dan Lambert and uh what's his name Jorge um let me look this up, Jorge Masvidal in their corner again, apologies if you're a big UFC or MMA guy, it's just not my cup of tea, um, so that's no disrespect to Mr. Um, Masvidal, who I'm sure could absolutely rip me apart with his toes, um, anyway, sorry, this, um, I'm not particularly interested in this one, Um I think, I, without the element of the, you know, the top team USA, perhaps, there's some really, I mean, I love Jericho, love Guevara, I'm enjoying Hager's work, As I think I've said many times on this podcast so far, love Ethan Page, big fan of him at the moment, no real interest in Scorpio Sky, not in this characterization anyway, I don't know how Dos Santos works, you guys might have a better insight into that, um, this one, I'm yeah, I, I'm sceptical about this one. I would like to think that this would do something to oh, end this top-team USA feud, but it's not going to happen, I don't think. There seems to be a lot of commitment in this. And if it is in Miami, which I believe it is, and that's their home, I, I mean, the main intrigue is to see who's, who's going to go over, I suppose, um, they are the heels, but they're at home, so they're probably going to get cheered. Um, yeah, uh, we'll see. Um, um, there's been matches recently that I've been very much not looking forward to and have really surprised me and been wonderful, so let's hope that that's one of them. And finally, we have Ruby Soho versus The Bunny, which, um, interesting. Not sure what to make of this one, to be honest. Um, I, I The only reason I say that is because I don't really have much of an opinion on Ellie slash the bunny because I don't think she's necessarily had that much of a chance to work by herself at the top of the card like this so I've heard some particularly male (coughs) uh, wrestling fans sort of diminish her qualities and I don't think that's fair um I don't want to say that you know she's she's amazing or anything because I don't know that I don't I really don't have a fair estimation of what she's like at a worker but she's been trusted with a pretty valuable position with this match and one of the biggest stars in the company so she must have she must have some skill there must be confidence backstage for her to carry and she. I know she's had years in the business um yeah so I'm not sure how this one's gonna go it will be Will be interesting. I mean, the point is, is at least they're giving um, other women outside of sort of, you know, the 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 real top stars a chance to build up feuds and build up characterization. Um, and this one's been going for a while, for a few weeks now, which is cool. So, hopefully, this is a good match. I I hope Ruby goes over. Frankly, um, I think she's really cool. I think she's a really good worker. I love her gimmick because I also. Grew up listening to punk rock music, and um, anyone with that gimmick is instantly going to be supported by me. Um, <laughs> not to mention that she seems about the nicest person in the entire world in um, in real life. Not to say that ali's not. I don't know ali She's probably lovely too. I don't know Ruby Soho for that matter either. Anywho, it's late night. I am starting to ramble as I tend to do. So that's that's the rampage card. Coming up, three very different matches. That, um I, yeah, I, who knows what what, what we're going to see there? It's going to be going to be an interesting night. Uh, we don't have any, or I don't have any thing about dynamite at the moment. so There's not really too much to talk about in that sense. Um Imagine dynamite's going to take a bit of a hit this week in terms of numbers, but um, that is what it is. There's not, I don't, there's too much to worry about in that regard. The shift to Saturday night will do that. It's just gonna be interesting to see all the bad faith um trolling online after it for the next week as people start to say that AEW is in demand because they had a bad week, whereas they probably won't comment that even if SmackDown wins that ratings battle, that they'll probably lose fifty percent of their audience too by changing network. But never mind. I'm being cynical. No need to be cynical let's hope it's a good show and on that note i think i've spent enough time talking about all elite wrestling and over explaining my own opinions for one week so thank you so much for joining me um if you do enjoy the podcast please rate please review please subscribe um, please spread the word i have no idea how many listeners there are at the moment probably about five um but hey five's than one so if you if you like the show please share it um please rate please review please subscribe i'd be very grateful and on that note we'll talk to you next week have a great evening